0: Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash athlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about building loading capacity after an injury. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance sign up today. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike round Show. I'm here, champion PT and performance, answering your questions, PT, sports performance, career advice, anything you want to talk about, head to MikeReynolds.com. Click on that podcast link, and you can fill out the form to ask us questions. Uh, let's see. We are joined today by Dave Tilly, Dan Pope. Kevin Coughlin, Mike Scandido, Lenny Macrina, DeWesh Podell, Lisa Lowe, and Jonah Monlock answering
1: your amazing questions. Len, do we have any amazing students today? We do. And since last week, we've gained another student. It's amazing how they just wow. keep mul- multiplying. Um, wow. We have, yeah, in no particular order, we have Aiden Graham from Stony Brook University. We have Taylor Worthington from the University of of Rhode Island, the Rams, I believe. Danielle Dan rankin from Franciscan Missionaries of Our Ladies. Our Ladies. Courtney Cambareles from D'Youville. Nancy Kuhn snuck in, missed her last couple of weeks, but she snuck back in this week from Mary Baldwin University. And Tommy Geeson from High Point University. High
2: Point. Is there another university that's your ladies? Is that why you're emphasizing our? Is that why? <laughs>
1: Our 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 ladies.
2: Not your ladies, are I think that's that's pretty good. And just to be completely
0: blunt, like if anybody didn't notice, um essentially Nancy was late for work today. So I, I just wanted to throw <laughs> that out there. So <laughs> so she so she so she knew that, but no, that's fine. I mean totally cool. Uh but uh all right, who's who's asking the question today? Dr. Dandan. Oh, Dr. Dandan's up. What's up?
1: <laughs> All right. We got Devin from North Carolina says, as a new graduate physical therapist, I don't feel comfortable with some of the advanced exercises to build loading capacity after lower extremity injuries. What are some tips for taking someone from injured to full speed running, cutting and jumping?
0: Awesome. That's that's another great question, Devin. I I, I like I like what we're getting for questions lately. Right. Because I feel like the questions we're getting are are probably on a lot of people's mind, right? Like last episode, I think it was very similar to that, like something that a lot of people are thinking about. But as a new grad physical therapist, it's very daunting to look at somebody in front of you five days post-op with a gigantically swollen knee, a huge scar, bloody gauze everywhere, and think that they somehow need to start running, jumping and cutting in the very near future, right? And there's there's a lot of steps that that get into that. So I think in PT school, look, we get the, let's get range of motion, let's get their baseline strength. Um, I, I think from my perspective, what we focus on here for Devin here is, okay, you have somebody that has their motion back. You have somebody that looks good. You have somebody that is doing strengthening exercises how do you assure you're going from strengthening exercises to building load when you start increasing ground reaction forces and all these 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 fun things i think that that was my perception of what what devin was asking so um, i don't know the, the person i go to to answer these questions is 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 always dan pope at fitnesspainfree.com so why don't, why don't we start with dan and you've probably done a recent podcast on this Um, we seem to always ask or or answer questions that you've already answered on yours too. But Dan, you want to start
2: off with, 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 with helping Devin here? Yeah. Sometimes I do in reverse. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but if it's a really good question here and I'm like, (laughs) dang, I wanted to say more, I'll do another podcast about it. I'm addicted to podcasts. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. Like, I guess let's assume that someone's post-op. So we probably have to go a little bit more slow and progressive. Um, if someone's not post-op, then oftentimes I'm kind of going to their tolerance, right but if you're trying to protect a surgical site and you know you can't go too quickly i think sometimes you need to be a little more systematic right so let's say it's like post-op um acl reconstruction something along those lines so maybe somewhere between three and four months you're starting to think about introducing some plyometrics right um i tend to think about what does the athlete need to be able to do let's say it's something like soccer so those folks are going to have to be able to kind of jog or run right they also have to be able to accelerate have to be able to do top end speed, right? And then they have to be able to change direction or do agility stuff. And at the end, we kind of have to layer in conditioning, which is going to be a little bit different from basically sport to sport, position to position. But ultimately, we can reverse engineer a bit of a solution, right? So in the beginning stages, when you introduce, let's say plyometric activity, I think we're just trying to build load tolerance. You're not thinking about power, right? You're not thinking about speed. I think when a lot of strength coaches think about these activities or think about we're trying to go fast and build power early on. I don't think that's the case. It's kind of building tolerance. So I think your kind of knowledge of how to grade your exercises and progress your exercise becomes really important. Uh, unfortunately, we don't get this education in PT school. I usually start folks with something nice and easy, uh, a double legged exercise before a single legged exercise. So think about pogo jumps some pogo jumps a couple times per week. And we're watching along this process to make sure that we're not losing range of motion, getting too, uh, swollen, right. Or going backwards. So that's going to dictate if you're going too fast or too slow. And each time you start to ramp it up a little bit more, and I tend to think about how much volume I'm throwing at that person and also how much intensity. So both start low with, with pogo jumps, we may end up trying to do pogo jumps in different planes. If you think that someone needs it, you can actually do a pogo jump with a band to get started. So if you're very scared with that person, you want to go very slowly, sort of easy pogo jumps, right? As with assistance and then uh, advance yourself to just regular pogo jumps and then maybe into different planes. Then I start to progress into some light jog, uh, light skip, um, you can also throw in some light shuffle and karaoke. I know I like those a lot. Um, and then that naturally progresses into a bit of a return to jog program. And if you want to be really cautious, you can actually count the amount of repetitions you do with your pogo jumps throughout the course of a session and then calculate how much your return to run impact has. And then you're just being very, very slow and progressive. You know exactly what you're doing and controlling for, right? Uh, those pogo jumps turn into box jumps box jumps turned into a box jump with a landing, right? And then you're putting it together. Once you're tolerating double leg jumping, you progress to single leg jumping, right? Usually this is about a month, month and a half. And then you can start introducing, let's say some easy acceleration drills. I'll start with fall, fall runs. And I basically grade them. I give them a, um, a level of difficulty based on a perceived challenge. So we'll say 50% and then we work up to 60%, 70%. Then we do some build up runs. So we're working on top end sprinting right during this time period you can also introduce some very low level change in direction drills let's say ladder drills which are going to progress into let's say some shuffling drills so you can kind of see that we're we're working all these buckets so jumping we're working on acceleration we're working on our top end sprinting we're working on our changing direction we're starting very low and we're working our way up slowly over the course of time uh, i guess one one more thing i'll say before we move on is that I don't think we're educated very well on this stuff. So I'm going to try to put out more information in the future. But one person was very, very helpful for me. This guy by the name of Lee Taft. There's a lot of courses out there. He's a strength coach. And what's funny is that he creates these amazing programs that are developed for athletes trying to improve their performance. But he breaks everything down from high level to easy level, you know, for the beginner person kind of getting into a sport. But what's funny is that that's perfect for rehab. Um, So a large majority of my knowledge about that has come from him. So that's great, Dan. And, you know, I think to,
0: to, you know, not a lot of people understand how much information that you just presented right there. Like that was a lot of information that, that took you years to put together. And what I would suggest for you, Devin, like for this is figure out the loads that you're specifically trying to get them back to. Dan kind of mentioned this at the beginning. It's It's almost like starting with the end in mind, like where do they need to get to so you know how to build towards it. But what Dan just did there is he just took just years and years and years of him going through research on ground reaction forces and contact stress and how certain exercises build on one another from both uh, stress and eccentric control and all those sorts of things. So it's a slow, slow accumulation over your career of of that information that you apply. And I couldn't agree with Dan more. I've learned so much from the strength coach world on these progressions, you know, from, you know, a lot of times they just, they're they're saying it's from easy to hard, right? But for us, that's less stressful to more stressful sometimes. It's the same thing. It's just a different way of thinking about it. So um, why don't we shift gears and go to the strength coaches a little bit here? I know this is something that we do a ton of here. Maybe Dwesh start off with you a little bit here, but like I know like at Champion, we spent a lot of time like building out systems of progressions for our for our drills. Um, you know, just so that way our interns can help, that way our new strength coaches can learn kind of how we we think of things. But um, what sort of advice would you give somebody like Devin on how to like build out those progressions?
3: Yeah, that's a that's a good way to think about it. Uh, what we tend to do is we we categorize stuff so that we have a specific way of talking talking about a quality that we need to develop. So if we're talking about someone that needs to get back to high level sport, like Dan mentioned, a soccer player needs to be able to cut, sprint, decel, excel, um, you know, all those things at a high high speed, high velocity model. So we got to kind of reverse engineer and figure out how do we bring back high velocity, how do we bring back high force. How do we combine the two together so that we have high power output right so we we tend to kind of categorize a lot of our jumps as forceful jumps or contractile jumps um mixed jumps which is kind of a combination of contractile and a little bit of elastic and then the other end which is very elastic and then even within that elastic realm we kind of have like what we call um a slow stretch shortening and a fast stretch shortening so right, like dan mentioned Pogo jumps, so pogo jumps would be classified under a fast stretch shortening, meaning you're kind of getting in and out of a jump quickly. You have a very short amortization phase, um, whereas like a slow stretch shortening is gonna be a longer amortization phase, longer ground contact time, where you're probably gonna have a little bit of a higher amplitude, meaning jump height, right? So we tend to come up with drills that are easy, medium, hard for each of these categories, right? So easy, medium, hard for contractile drills, easy, medium, hard for our mixed drills, easy, medium, hard for our uh, fast stretch and slow stretch shortening elastic drills. And then from there, we just kind of start layering in whatever they're ready for. We give them that next progression up, right? And then from there, what we start to think about is a lot of these drills happen in isolation. They're not really truly what the sport looks like. They're a, a piece or a component of the sport, but now how do we layer it all together Make it look like the sport right and for us that looks like change of direction drills that have some reactivity to it um some you know really high-end sprinting for acceleration and top end speed that requires a lot of that fast stretch shortening as well as that slower stretch shortening if you're talking about acceleration so that's kind of how we tend to progress it. Um, and then lastly dan mentioned this as like his last bucket of performance which was the conditioning Right? We, we know that conditioning governs your ability to repeat all your efforts. So at the very beginning of even the rehab process, or if we're talking about someone that's even healthy, um, we got to make sure that they have a good aerobic base. And then we tend to expand out from that aer- aerobic base. And while we're developing that power and that high velocity work, we're also building out some of the more um, robust um, and high demanding energy systems like our phosphor system, our glycolytic system, and all that stuff.
0: That's, that's, that's great stuff. And what I, I really liked about what we said here too, is you notice what Duesh just mentioned there is when, when we're building our progressions, let's come up with an easy, a medium and a hard, right? He didn't say, let's come up with 10 exercises. It's easy, medium, hard and start there. And over the course of your career, like, as you learn new things, you say, where does this slide into that progression? Like, oh, I really love this drill, or this one's a really good sports specific one for this athlete. Where does it slide in that continuum? But you don't have to have a hundred exercises. It could just be easy, medium, hard, and that is a great place to start. Uh, Jonah, anything else from your perspective? I, I just I want to make sure we're we're you know the strength coaches jump in on this one because I think you guys are really good at this sort of stuff and have a lot to share with the PT world.
1: Yeah, I think first off, those two guys absolutely nailed it. Kind of just talking about all the different <laughs> variables to have in mind. Um, so they took most of the stuff I would have said. Now the one thing I will add is I think it's important to consider what the injury is that the athlete's dealing with and what the variables are that are most likely to aggravate them. Uh, so say it's something like a patellar tendonopathy, landing might be something that's more problematic for them. So something like a broad jump might be kind of the worst option we can go to, but they might be able to do a max effort box jump. And since they're landing on an elevated surface and there's way less landing forces, that might actually be pretty well tolerated for them. Another example would be, say it's a hamstring, um, and you're trying to return to sprinting, top end speed for hamstrings tends to be much more problematic than acceleration. So we might actually be able to do some really good acceleration work, whether it's some resisted sprints or very short sprints, things like that. So just trying to really look at what are the variables that's going to aggravate this person's injury the most and trying to find ways to take those away while continuing to work on the variables that they will be able to tolerate well.
0: That's great. And work in conjunction, right? You can still work on the areas that are safe or that are outside of that sort of thing. There's so many things you can do to build as you're, you're, you're optimizing or normalizing some of those other things. So that, that's a that's really good perspective. So um Devin, i hope that helped i hope that was a good progression here um i, I think there's going to be a future episode of the fitness pain free podcast on this so check it out i mean i that's just i'm just assuming dan but i, I could be wrong but uh but great question if you have questions like that please head to my click on that podcast link and fill out the form to ask away and we will see you on the next episode thanks again thanks so much for listening to the podcast